What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we are live with an amazing guest on the show. We're going to be talking about all things Destiny 2 Beyond Light. We're going to dive into the new Deep Stone Crypt raid. We're going to talk about the season of the hunt. We're going to talk about food, and we're going to talk about all things Destiny 2. We're so, so excited. And on the show tonight... We welcome an amazing guardian. She is the author of some of our favorite cookbooks in the video game industry. Infused with a twist, she is a Twitch streamer. She's a foodie. She's the author of the official Destiny cookbook, Fallout cookbook, and the upcoming Street Fighter cookbook. She's also a blogger, and she is... An amazing, amazing cook, and we're excited to have her on the show, Victoria Rosenthal. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're so excited to have you on, and we also have my co-host, who's back with me tonight, Shadow Price. How's it going tonight? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, you know, just kind of winding down from the grind. Well, actually, you know, it might pick up again like a little bit tonight and tomorrow because we got the raid coming up this weekend. So I've been, you know, trying to play and work, play Beyond Light and also work at the same time and try to sleep and Black Friday shopping, which is 
seemed to take over all of November. Um, so yeah, keeping it all in perspective as best we can. But uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know, on the topic of Black Friday shopping, I almost feel like we are almost done and it's not even Black Friday. I feel like by the time we get to Black Friday, there will be nothing more to buy. <laughs> because I mean, everything that we had for Black Friday sales, pretty much I was able to get uh, like a new TV, a laptop, all of the movies and shows that I've been wanting. I'm just missing a couple of games that hopefully I'll get a chance to pick up on Sunday, which is when the new sales start. And that's The Last of Us Part 2, Ghosts of Tsushima. And then there's going to be a really awesome deal on the Bioshock collection on the Switch for only 15 bucks. I can't help myself. I'm going to have to pick that up as well. But other than that, I think, uh, yeah, we're getting to that point. I probably could use a kitchen cart. And we've talked about this. But I have hardly any counter space in my kitchen. And I needed something a little bit extra so I can put all of my kitchen gadgets onto it and maybe get a microwave. But although I don't really use a microwave too much anymore. Yeah, I, I am also needing a kitchen cart because, uh, yeah, my microwave takes up my counter space that I have because I have a pretty large microwave. Um, but yeah, just to be able to free up that counter space and put some of the appliances and things on that cart would you know, definitely help out more. Um, but yeah, that I've been <laughs> digging into the Black Friday shop and like, I feel like the these new consoles have created such a like, you know, fever pitch and fury and things like that, that you can't even find the old consoles. Like, you know, I'm trying to, you know, my kids are at the getting at that age where I want to get them some of their own consoles, you know, only the oldest has one. And unfortunately i mean they have them but the prices are not good they're like when they've almost when they they came out or something they're that's like, wild yeah. yeah that's so crazy and you know i've been actually looking for you as well and i'll tell yeah. you i have not seen a single deal on the old consoles i would think that you know all of the black friday ads would have some pretty sweet deals on the last gen consoles and there's been nothing but no there's nothing yeah. Yeah. So I've had to turn to eBay just to see if I could find something, you know, that's open box, even I would take an open box, like, you know, if I have to, um, there's also cyber Monday. So I guess there's still hope, you know, that maybe something will happen on cyber Monday too. So there is hope for the future. Mm -hmm. No fun intended. (laughs) (laughs) And guardians tonight on the destiny show. We're going to put Victoria Rosenthal on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to learn much more about Victoria. We're going to learn about the Destiny cookbook and so much more. And we're going to dive into the latest news from Bungie. So, Victoria, I hope you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) All right, let's get to it. So the first question we have for you is how did you get started in your cooking journey? So it's about eight years ago now. Actually, we'll rewind a little more. Nine years ago, I had moved to Houston and I was like, okay, I'm in a new city. I want to kind of keep in touch with old friends up in Chicago. And a lot of them were like, well, I don't know how to cook. Can you help me come up with some like easy recipes to do? So I started a random food blog. This was not games related. And I started putting some recipes up, kind of saying, hey, friends, here they are. Enjoy them. 
that lasted like six months because I got bored. I was like, oh, whatever. This isn't fun. It's, I'm just putting recipes up. I got that itch again a year later. Uh, and I was like, oh, what if I do my two loves? <laughs> Video games and food. Let's combine them because there's a lot of games with food. And I'll say this was around the time that uh, Guild Wars 2 came out. And their cooking system is actually what kind of inspired me to like do this dive of, oh, let me recreate this item with all the ingredients that they use for each of their recipes. So I started doing that. And now we fast forward to eight years later, I'm still doing it and writing cookbooks for it now. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, it, it, it's funny because food does happen a lot in, you know, games like, you know, you, you play role playing games where you have to, you know, you have to fix your meals. Oh, or yeah, you like, to, you know, it's, it's grown over the years, I'd say, like, like originally. Oh, my yeah, just in general, it's, I mean, I think it's because of the age group of people working in the game industry. Everyone wants to be a foodie, they'll take pictures of their food. That's just kind of what we do. So guilty of that. I'm oh, yeah, so no, we all do it. And yeah. I think that's why they all started going, well, the characters need to eat. Let's take these things from role-playing games and just kind of add it on to it. Gives them extra stats, gives a little boost. And yeah, they instead of just going, oh, let's put a piece of bread in, that's enough. Or a piece of chicken. That was like enough back in the day. Now it's, let's make the most elaborate dish that makes someone really hungry. Yeah. Yeah, even like Breath of the Wild, where you have to like, oh my gosh, craft your meals, like you know, it's to survive the harsh environment, the cold environment. Oh yeah, or, that that you know, game to, did a great job with food, and I was like, wow, yeah. Legend of Zelda game with detailed food, yes, please. Yes, yes, which makes me even more excited for the sequel. Like, yes, next year. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely. I, I don't know about you, but I would love to see a. Zelda Breath of the Wild cookbook, maybe in the future. I mean, that, that, if, that if Nintendo amazing. wants to come over and say hi, you want to do one? I'm interested. I'm here. <laughs> or is there a cyberpunk um, a cookbook, maybe for the it, future? Hey, if game companies want to talk, I'm I'm game for more cookbooks. Cyberpunk <laughs> would be really cool. I mean, there would be really interesting dishes. You know, definitely some like probably some form of sushi, maybe. Oh like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm such a huge fan of sushi. Sushi is my favorite food, really. It's so and good. I can yeah, it, it's his day. fault. Uh, Torn's <laughs> fault. That's why it's my favorite, too. Like, I, I, spaghetti used to be my favorite, but uh, it, sushi has taken the top spot. <laughs> yeah, and you know, this year, I have been cooking way, way more than ever before. I did cook a little bit when I lived with Shadow Price, but even then I wasn't very good. And that was so many years ago, back in the college days. Hmm. But uh, now I've been doing a lot of HelloFresh and every plate. And uh, I've been learning a lot about cooking and it gave me a ton of confidence in what I'm doing. Because now I get to a point where it's like I'm cooking food and I feel like you know, this is really good. It's actually better than what I would get at the restaurant sometimes. And, and so that cheaper. gave me a lot of <laughs> a lot of motivation to cook a little bit more. And now I have to find the time, especially with all the gaming that we've been doing lately. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, cooking is a lot of confidence building because I think a lot of people are afraid to just jump into the kitchen and start cooking something. They think it's this fine thing that only certain people could do, but it just takes a lot of practice. 
and getting used to flavors that mm-hmm. you like and then figuring out how to like make it better. Oh, actually, it's great because yeah. everything is online. Like you literally oh, yeah. can just recipe, boom, Google, and you have recipes. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. and the thing I always tell people is recipes are suggestions. They're going to tell you what to do. Do mm-hmm. not be afraid to change it. If you don't like tomatoes, but you really like everything else that's in that dish, remove the tomatoes. Yeah. It, like I've been trying to get adventurous with my Instapot. Like mm-hmm. I got this Instapot and uh, it's amazing because it cooks food so fast because it has like a pressure cooker. Mm-hmm. Like, it pressure cooks the food and it comes out incredible. I, like I made this uh, bacon barbecue meatloaf in it. Ooh. With like these creamy uh, garlic mashed potatoes, and it came out fantastic. It was like the best meatloaf I've ever had. <laughs> Sounds so, wonderful. Yeah, and I mean, it was just even my son liked it, and my son doesn't like barbecue sauce. Oh, and wow. he doesn't like potatoes either, but he loved the potatoes too because they were just so like they were so creamy because they were cooked in at the bottom of the mm-hmm. instapot where, mm. it, and I put the meatloaf in a pan and sealed it, and then pressure cooked it for like twenty something minutes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it came out really good. (laughs) Yeah, I think I bought a pressure cooker like three Black Fridays ago or four Black Fridays ago. I think I used it once. So I'm going to have to take advantage of all of the cooking that I can be doing. Even chilies uh, you can cook in it. You can cook ramen. You can cook spicy ramen in it too. And I I think I might have to check out uh, Victoria's cookbook and uh, maybe... uh, cook some ramen like use your recipe and cook some ramen <laughs> in the uh in the instapot <laughs> i'd be curious how that goes because truth mm-hmm. be told i do not own any pressure cookers for some reason that is one of the one tool that kind of like spooks me a little um mm-hmm. the idea of I, I guess it's older pressure cookers where it could just explode on you and it's oh, yeah, always yeah, yeah. in the back of my head Dangerous. i'm like yeah ah, with this mm. you gotta be careful too you gotta make sure yeah. that you don't have your any skin near when you're releasing that steam. Oh, that steam is so hot. I've made mistakes it, in the kitchen. And yeah. it takes one, like, burn for you to be like, okay, I can't let this happen again. Right. Yep. Exactly. So many moons ago, I had a job at KFC, and I was the manager. And whenever the cook called out, guess who's cooking? <laughs> I am. And I am not I good that. at cooking. And I remember one time... I spilled some like oil on my like hand Ooh. and my face. I had to go to the ER and it was just not fun. And I, I just don't like that kind of scared me from away from cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while to kind of get back. And even now I feel like sometimes like I have oil just kind of spitting out when I'm making chicken on the, mm-hmm. on the stove. But, you know, it's not that bad. It's not, you know, nearly as bad. Although I'll tell you something. I have a problem with the smoke detector going off oh, at the geez. worst possible time. And I'm 5'4". I'm fairly short. So for me to reach that freaking smoke <laughs> detector to disable it, it's it's a whole nother project, let me tell you. And I feel like the entire like building starts to like just go off as soon as like there's any little bit of smoke. So sometimes I actually have to open my door in order to let some of the smoke out so my smoke detector doesn't go off but um that happened a few times um and i think that's part of the reason why i don't really make breakfast or like bacon because oh, that was like the worst when it comes to 
releasing smoke. Oh my gosh. I've, I, I imagine every cook has made that mistake where just smoke's going to happen. And then sometimes too much smoke happens, all controlled. And the, the smoke alarm is going to go off. And I have a dog. Uh, he does not like the smoke alarm going off. And he mm. knows if I turn on the vent above the stove that I'm trying to stop it. But the moment that vent turns on, he's like, nope, I'm out. I can't. I, you might set off the alarm. I don't need this right now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Now, what kind of dog do you have? I have a corgi. Oh, oh that's nice. so cute. cute. That's awesome. I have a Pomeranian Chihuahua. And he's Ooh. he's pretty feisty. He, <laughs> he likes to be pretty vocal. Whenever mm. I'm cooking, he's pretty much hanging out with me because you know he's smart. He knows where the good food is at. Oh yeah. Uh, and I I try to share with him as much as I can, unless <laughs> I'm making something with onions, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I try to be accommodating to him because it's pretty much me and him. Mm-hmm. So if I'm cooking normally, I can't finish all the food. I don't eat mm. that much, so usually we share more often than not. Mm -hmm. So Victoria, on the topic of the Destiny cookbook, I'm curious, how did the Destiny cookbook come to life? So I will admit a lot of this is uh, Insight Editions, the publishing house I work with, they handle that. Um, My editor there, Amanda, she reached out to me after, what was it? Is this two years ago now? I think it was two years ago, October she said, hey, we have this other project going on um, that's going to start start up soon. Do you know the game Destiny? And I was like, wait, a cookbook for Destiny? Are, are we sure we're talking about the same game? I didn't think there was much food in, in, in the game. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bungie's really interested in this. And I was like, you know what? Sure. I've played the game. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's a, I enjoy the game. And as a, I'm going to go around shoot a bunch of monsters, kind of casually ca- uh, pick up items. It's kind of a turn my brain off game. I don't, I don't PvP because that makes me <laughs> a little too... I'm, I do not have the aim to deal with that anymore at my old age. <laughs> but she was like, okay, let's, let's talk about it. We'll have this happen. They're, they're, they were working on another project with them, a non-cookbook. Uh, and she was like, well, they want to do this. I think it was... January after yeah a little after January where she's like okay finally this was after they left Activision so there was a little delay because of that um Mm -hmm. so the Bungie was finally like okay we're ready to start this project let's get going and I was like okay I already had started doing kind of a a minor lore dive kind of making sure if we could find anything how are we going to pitch this who do we want to be the voice of the book all these different things I actually originally pitched, oh, hey, maybe Cade, even though he's passed away, he's a very good voice and he exists. And I could see him going around making notes of places he's been around the universe. Bungie was like, well, we got to we got to move on from Cade. I'm like, OK, let's keep thinking. So I pitched like a random character because not thinking Ava at all. I was like, oh, a person in the tower, they could have a, a shop there and they're kind of like. They go around exploring and getting different cuisines. Finally landed on Ava. Uh, Ava Vellante. Like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking the same. Yeah. yeah. They were like, she would be perfect. She handles all the, the holidays. And I think when I started doing my original dive, the dawning had not happened. So this was like a little before December. And I was like, oh, that's weird. They suddenly added a bunch of cookies in the game. 
Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then with Ava, I was like, okay, this does make sense. Let's go ahead um, and run with Ava. I, I did at one point pitch. Oh, the drifter would fit. I mean, he had a bar. He loves, he seems, I'm a big fan of the drifter, but they said very quickly, no, we can't do the drifter. <laughs> I was like, I think it was a, we don't know how where he's going to be kind of situation. It's like, oh, okay. Now the drifter would have some good drink recipes. On oh him. my gosh, he would. And <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. I was able to at least include him in like the little meal prep thing. So it was nice to include his character there. Uh, so we, we ended up with Ava and I was able to work with uh, the bungee team and just kind of like, it was a small team uh, of a few people and, they were like, oh, hey, this is what we're thinking. And we did a lot of back and forth. And I was like, well, if Ava's writing it, she's obviously not left Earth. So we can't really highlight all the different planets. But she could at least have mentions of the different guardians that she's kind of interacted with to kind of give at least a little flair of like, oh, she knows there's stuff out there. But the focus is the tower for the most part and the little events that she typically hosts. So it was a lot of back and forth. And I think one of the harder things was making sure that the photography matches the world that Destiny has, has the the tower feel to it. And I wanted to make sure, because I feel like light and darkness is a big thing. There are a lot of photos in there that are bright. And then there are a lot of photos that are also kind of on the darker side, hiding things in the background. I felt like including that was super important to make it feel like a a destiny cookbook that's cool that's that's really cool that they uh that you were able to like draw that inspiration mm -hmm. you know and like you know basically just like bring this this cuisine that you know destiny has you know you that you thought up and you know and bring it to life actually into a, yeah, a, a lot of them had there, there's logic behind a lot of the recipes. I know a lot of people like to to make fun of the coleslaw because they're like, oh, hey, it's coleslaw. Why? Why? That's not. Why could we be super cool and creative about it? I'm like, well, no, I'm planning a meal of a southern, nope. like the fried chicken. I'm like, you have to have coleslaw with it. It's just like really good. It's really tasty. And like the fried chicken was based off of the chicken dinner emote. Like. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I, I had a reason it was there and i, I just felt like it, it yeah, every time sense. i used to get kfc you got to get the coleslaw the coleslaw exactly. was, I was like, like my okay. favorite part of the meal practically not, <laughs> not every recipe is going to be like this astounding wow this is the best recipe and this makes sense i was just a little sad that one of the recipes that they had to like advertise the book was the coleslaw <laughs> i'm like there were so many better options why was that one of the first ones <laughs> You know who would like the coleslaw, though, would be Failsafe, I bet. I bet oh, Failsafe sure. would like the coleslaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, She's no, good. definitely. And, you know, I, I, I find it really interesting that, you know, you came up the idea of having Eva Levante pretty much be the spokesperson for the cookbook. And just a few months later, we have all of this, like, food-type themes in the game with the dawning where evil avant cookies, cookies and mm -hmm. yeah and we're doing all of these like cooking related things and i'm curious if you were the person behind the idea to 
add that into the dawning. I would be really curious about that. I, I would say I wish I had any input into that, but that was right before the project started. Um, so they, I guess, had it in mind because they wanted to do a cookbook. Uh, so it was, it was just like, okay, yeah, we'll run with it. But I gave them more of a life instead of it just being random names. I'm like, well, here's the actual recipes. These are these are what it would be. These are what the guardians are eating. <laughs> so nice. on the topic of working with the teams at Bungie, what was it like working with Bungie on the cookbook project? Were there any individuals who were really helpful or really useful in, in bringing the project to life? I know a lot of it for me was... I had like two or three meetings with them. And this is kind of true with any of the, well, I actually had a lot more interaction with Bungie than I did with Bethesda for the Fallout one. And even with the new Street Fighter one, uh, I don't get too much interaction with the game companies a lot of time. I wish I did sometimes just to kind of get more of a feedback insights, kind of like that middleman in between kind of relaying any questions I have, giving them any photos, making sure that everything's okay. Uh, for one thing, because mm -hmm. there was a few. Lorraine was in, involved with the project. Lorraine McLeese, uh, one of the big art leads at Bungie, and she was very much so like, "Hey, this is the style. We need to make sure that all all of the environments in the book make sense, and then it feels." I did a lot of back and forth with sending photos to be like, "Here's some props I'm finding." Do these fit? Do these not fit? If I add these in, is this okay? So there was at least that back and forth to make sure that it fit in the Destiny world. Right. Yeah, I, I could see that. That makes sense for sure. And I do think that's one of the important things. That's like making sure it fits in the world was one of the most important things that they kept saying that it, it has to be and has to feel like Destiny. I was like, I got you. We'll do this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think you did a really phenomenal job. And I mean, that spicy ramen recipe, oh man, uh, I still have to make it because I mean, I, I'm slowly but surely learning how to cook. I don't think I'm at the advanced stage of making spicy ramen. But now that I have your cookbook, um, I'm going to have to experiment. Maybe fail a few times, but it's okay. You know, I'll get it right. You eventually. learn from failure. That's, exactly. that's the big thing. And I think the spicy ramen is one of the more popular recipes that I've seen people do. Again, because it is one of the more iconic dishes in the series. And I made sure at one point my editor was like, oh, well, we had another cookbook that had a chicken ramen. Could you do a pork one? I'm like, I don't think we should do a pork one because a pork ramen is a lot more complicated and takes several more days than this one does. A pork mm -hmm. ramen, like if we're going to do a more traditional pork ramen, it's going to take about three days to get the broth really? to be correct. Mm. <laughs> so so why, why does it take that long out of curiosity? There's a lot of... Um, preparing the meats so like the pork has to get round up and then preparing like the longer you let the broth cook the thicker it'll get I know that sounds a little weird but when you have a good bowl of ramen that broth is nice and thick it is just hours of hours of letting that cook letting the bones kind of like get in there and get real thick and it's real nice to do but yeah there's a lot of patience and it's a bit more complicated of a method so I wanted to be like okay this is, I'm st I always have to keep in mind that these recipes are for people who might not 
be in the kitchen ever. Like this might be their first time stepping into the kitchen going, oh, I could do this. I like this game. Let me do this. So I want to make sure there is a range. And when the most iconic dish is that spicy ramen, I can't have it being one of the very hard recipes in the book. Would you say that's a beginner, intermediate, or expert dish? Actually, it says in the book, and I have it right next to me. Mm. If I could pull up. I I would think probably intermediate. Yeah, I have it under medium. So it does, because there's multiple elements kind of in play. There always Mm. will be multiple elements with a ramen. uh, But this is definitely not a very hard ramen to do. Okay. I will have to check that out because I love me some ramen. I love me some spicy ramen. And I can't, I don't have really too many ramen shops around me. So it'd be nice to just make some ramen at home someday. Yeah. This has been a great go-to with the lack of like going out to restaurants or having them able to deliver good ramen. So it's like, okay, I'll make it at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the other thing I think, you know, now more than ever, I think, cooking is a lot more like it makes a lot more sense now where you don't have to go out to the restaurants to you know get food directly and getting stuff delivered with uber eats and and all the other Mm -hmm. apps it gets pretty pricey and expensive yes um so i think that you know cooking is a great skill to learn and it's so awesome that you have the ability to infuse the world of gaming with the world of cooking in such a almost magical way. And it's so, so cool. I mean, yeah, my biggest goal is for, for gamers to not be afraid of the kitchen because it can't be a spooky place. Uh, I mean, there's fire and knives and stuff, but I, after a bit of practice, you get used to it. And I think them being able to connect to any game world, because with my food blog, there's a bunch of different games on there. It's that first step to go, Oh wait, this food's here. Oh, I could at least, make that connection and make the effort to kind of make this meal. And, Oh, this wasn't too bad. Let me make another one. Let me make another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now Victoria, you have written three books now on video game mm-hmm. cooking. I'm curious, are you a gamer yourself? And if so, what are your favorite games? I am very much so a gamer. I've been playing video games since I was very young. I had a, original nintendo but i did a lot of pc gaming actually one of the games that i was a really big fan of back in the day was a marathon so that was it was really neat being able to work on a project with bungie because i remember young me drawing like fan art and being like dad send this to bungie let them see that i love their game so (laughs) to be able to work on a project with bungie was really nice uh young me's like you did it you you contributed to the game world uh but personal favorite games, I am a really, really big fan of the Yakuza series. So right now oh, my time okay. has been filled with playing Yakuza like a dragon. Game is very good. Everyone should check it out. I also, I mean, I'm a big JRPG fan, so I like things like Dragon Quest and Persona. <laughs> so that's usual my usual real house they game. Just had a sale on Persona Five Royal. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> And I got it for like 20 bucks. So it, I was like, it's a good game, but it is, I felt so like long, right? It it's is, really long. Cause I played five when it came out and then I was like, well, we have to play uh persona five R. So my husband and I actually will 
longer games like that, we'll kind of sit on the couch and play it together. I felt like we were playing that game for for a very, very long time. I was just like, okay, we know most of this stuff. We just want to get to the end with all the new content that's there. And it's like, oh my gosh, this game was yeah. so long. That's where I always hear. That's every everything I hear about that game is just so long. It's just such a long game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really but, enjoyable. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I actually just picked up the new, well, I guess not necessarily new, but the Final Fantasy XV remake for PS4. And I'm excited. Oh, you mean the Final Fantasy VII remake? Is it the Final Fantasy VII? I'm sorry. Yes, the VII remake. Yep. That's what I meant to say. Okay, Final Fantasy VII remake. And I'm really excited to play that. I heard nothing but great things about that game. Uh, That's definitely one of the games that are on my list of games to play it's on my list too i I have not had a chance to play well growing up i did not have a playstation for a while uh and final fantasy 7 never made it in my household and i was like oh maybe the remake will finally be my chance to do it and then too many games keep coming out and i haven't been able to like fit it in my schedule I started the game. I I'm, I think I'm like seven or eight hours in, but it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Like I, I yeah. like what you've done with the game. Um, That's what I've heard. Yeah, I've seen some yeah. streamers play it too. And I'm like, this looks enjoyable. Like at some point, it'll get added to my list of yeah. games to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Not only for Destiny with what we're going to be playing with Season of the Hunt, but and the new raid, of course, but also Cyberpunk that has been getting delayed a few times now. I have a feeling once that game is out, I'm going to be playing that game so, so much. I've mm-hmm. been really, really excited for that game because mm-hmm. CD Projekt Red, I mean, they're phenomenal when it comes to creating these massive, immersive worlds. Oh, yeah. Uh, Witcher 3 was oh, yeah. amazing. It was a really good game and has lots of food in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Actually, have they been approached uh, to do a Witcher cookbook? No, not that I I know of. Cookbook. That (laughs) that would make so much sense, though. It would. would. I mean, I have a few uh, Witcher recipes on my site, so that exists. So there's free content there. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So, Victoria, speaking of your site, we know that you're also a blogger at Mm -hmm. a little website called Pixelated Provisions. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about your blog and what you do there? Yeah, so each week, usually each week unless something happens, uh, I recreate a recipe from whatever video game I'm feeling like uh, and whatever games have food in it. I mean, I've done a lot from Guild Wars 2. As I mentioned earlier, that was the game that kind of really started my blog. Um, I've done things from like the Divinity Original Sin 2, a lot of the JRPGs I've played. So Dragon Quest has some, and yeah, I have Yakuza ones there, Final Fantasy 14. But I tend to look for different recipes. If the game has like in-game items to make the recipe, I try to make sure to include that. Um, one of the new games that I've been doing a lot of uh, recipes for is Bug Snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I have made sure that with any of my bug snacks recipes that it is part bug, part snack. So I've been using a lot of cricket flour for those recipes. So that's been a little fun experiment. But yeah, I there's lots of different games that I, I, I cover on the site. 
And you know, That's it's really, really cool. interesting that you mentioned bug snacks because we had uh, Phil Tupatoski on the podcast very early on, mm-hmm. uh, and he was an amazing, amazing guest. Oh yeah, he's he's great. I actually I actually went to college with him. So oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no. So I I do know I have a few friends at the Young Horses. Uh, we went to school together when they were working on Octodad One, the first one. It was a school project, and I knew the group. And I was like, oh, look at you guys! You're that's doing so an indie cool. game. That is so <laughs> cool. Wow. My kids love Octodad. Like two of them have beat it. They wanted to hop on my PC to play it, and they like they they played right through it. Like they were just like, yeah, it's it's everything. such a silly game. Yeah, and Bug Snacks is really really good. I'm about ha- a little over halfway through it, so I've been having a lot. Of Are fun you playing? With that. What are you playing that on right now? I'm playing it on the Epic Store. Um, okay, because it's a. It was like I wasn't sure if our PS5 was going to get in and did you guys um, get your ps5 we did so that came in so (laughs) that was a good thing love the controller uh i know right oh my god it's so nice i heard good things i still have it it's in my it's in the box i still have not had a chance to set it up beyond light and work and everything else is taken up by time (laughs) i mean we set it up right away because our ps4 was like on the brink of death because it was an original ps4 that came out and it was just loud it lasted that long it it lasted it it did its job uh i put Mm -hmm. in the new yakuza like a dragon in there to see if it runs and it just sounded like it was taking off and i'm like i'm gonna take that out i guess i'm waiting two days till we get our ps5 and we'll play that then (laughs) (laughs) makes sense yeah i've been playing bug snacks on the uh on the pc because it's easier to stream and i'm also streaming it just to be like Hi friends, I I make bug snacks, and now we're gonna enjoy the game and experience that. That's really cool. Actually, Bug Snacks was the first game that I played on my PS5, Ooh. and it's such a fun game. It's just a game that you can just kind of get lost in, and it's not too challenging. It's just it's just a fun game. I'm about two hours in. I haven't had too much time to play because Destiny Two being exactly on like too many games at once. Like I said, exactly. Just Last week, it was like, how many games do you want to play at once? Yeah, and, and I mean, they launched these consoles at this, the two days <laughs> with each other, mm-hmm. you know, and you got Series X that comes out, and you get if you got Game Pass, and if you've got any library from Xbox, it doesn't matter. You can play yeah. all those yeah. games on Series X. So it's like you have all these games at your disposal. Yes, there's no, like, new games that are exclusive except, you know, maybe, like, uh, what was it? Uh, Gears Tactics. Um, mm-hmm. That was like their, you know, their exclusive game. Um, but they have so many other games. And then you got PS5. You know, they have some backwards compatibility too. And they got new games. They got Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and they got Bug Snacks, and they got the new Demon Souls remake. Yeah. My and, husband's playing yeah. Demon Souls right now. <laughs> I could hear him like in the other room playing with someone. <laughs> nice. Like that game looks gorgeous. I mean, I'm it's, not gonna lie. It's wild because I remember like seeing the original Demon Souls and being like, "Wow, this is so cool!" I I can't play those games. I watched my husband play them, and uh, mm-hmm. seeing the new one, I was like, "Wow, you can see everything. It's all really pretty." <laughs> yeah, that's the problem though. Those games are tough. They're they're tough as nails. And I oh, tried yeah. playing. I tried playing Bloodborne, and I and I love the world, and I just I. I get, I, I die. I, 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 I love out. the looks of those games and everything, but I know I'm not 
the the best gamer. Uh, so I, I watch my husband play. And I, I enjoy just sometimes watching games. I mean, we all watch people on Twitch. It's the same thing here. I yeah. guess just watch him play well, a game I mean, and we both experience to enjoy the games vicariously through your heart. Yeah. Thing, so it's perfect. the same thing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <Okay. exactly. laughs> so Victoria, what do you do when you're not cooking, writing on your blog or streaming and playing video games? I mean, a lot of it is playing video games like outside the stream. But if we're going to do not related to that, um, spending time with my Corgi, we used to do agility with him. Um, but he's eight and a half now. And the person we did agility with that kind of, and obviously with the pandemic happening, uh, that kind of doesn't happen anymore. But we like going on long walks doing that. Um, I'm also a pretty big fan of board games. So that's, that's probably one of the things I've really missed with the whole pandemic is having friends over just to play some board games <laughs> yeah do you have a favorite board game <sighs> if i were to pick a favorite oh that's always hard i really like power grid trajan arkham horror is another one that makes it out a lot <laughs> games like that yeah wow i don't think i've <laughs> ever heard any of those games i play a lot of like they're they're big thinking games for sure. Uh, mm. I mean, Power Grid is you're going around buying power plants and you're bidding with your friends to kind of get the best power plant and trying to like power different cities and the first one to power so many cities. So it's a, it's a number crunch. Now that's sometimes. an actual that's an actual board game. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I would think that that would be something you could play online. Like, oh, I imagine, it. yeah, there have been some board games that have been like transferred over slowly to like a PC. I mean, there's a, a tabletop like simulator. A lot of them will have a few different board games on there that you could like experience. Mm -hmm. I, I miss having because it would have a bunch of people come over. I'd make a bunch of food, share the food, and it's just like, oh, yeah, well, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> <laughs> So, Victoria, I'm curious, do mm -hmm. you have a dream book that you'd love to create for a specific video game? Yakuza. Something? <laughs> okay. okay. I love that series. Um, when I, I did a reflection last year on my blog of like my game series of the like the century, because <laughs> I was like, OK, we're wrapping up, right? It was Yakuza. And I was like, oh, I really, really, really would love to do a book for that series. Another one would be. Uh, think breath of the wild would be nice <laughs> yeah getting in i can imagine getting into nintendo's like hello would you like me to actually do content is a little harder to, to make that happen than getting in touch with a lot of the american nintendo has there. kind of a walled garden a little bit yeah you know, yeah it's, to... it is difficult to convince them to do like official projects and get them on on board with the, they're so old old world yep. style like that they, you know they just they have a they have a regiment. They have a, you know, they they just stick to that regiment. You know, they, oh, yeah. you know, it's. But then they do like a lot of magical things, like open up Super Nintendo World. Yeah, exactly. Know, They'll do that. that too. Yeah. So an, I mean, an, another one I would love to do Baldur's Gate three. Even though I have I haven't played Baldur's Gate three, but I love uh, Larian Studios. I love Divinity. That would be another one that I'd be like, oh, can I can I either Divinity or like Baldur's Gate. I'd be like, yes, that'd be so cool. 
very that's cool. That's awesome. So on that note, what is your favorite cuisine and what is your favorite food? All right, my favorite food to to like win my heart, I like banh mi's. It's a, a Vietnamese sandwich that I had discovered when I moved down here to Houston because there's a pretty big Vietnamese community and it's a simple sandwich. I mean, in the book, we have the banh mi burger. So it kind of takes influences from a traditional banh mi, but it's a grilled meat with pickled uh, daikon and carrots and then cucumbers. It's so simple. Oh, and cilantro too. It's so simple, but so delicious. So very, very good. And I was happy I was able to like include it in some way in the book. A cuisine. Oh, I, I love so many. Um, <laughs> I really like uh, Japanese cuisine. Uh, Indian mm-hmm. cuisine is very good. Could go back to my uh, some family roots and say Venezuelan food. I really like. Uh, yeah, there's. <laughs> I could eat all the food. <laughs> Basically, I don't think there's any that I'm like, ugh, why am I eating this? Is uh, Vietnamese and like Laos like very similar with their food? Like 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 pho. Like, yes. Uh, yes. Pho um, is a very big, like if you go to any pho place, you'll they'll typically have banh mi. The beauty of banh mi also, it's like five dollars for a sandwich, sub five dollars. I've gone to places here in Houston where I could get like an eight inch sandwich for three bucks. Oh yeah, it's yeah. wild. Yeah, they have this um dish that I really like there at my pho place. That's called uh, it's a beef medallion. Like mm. they make these like sauteed beef medallions and they put it on mm. vermicelli. Oh yes! Oh, I love it. That's like one of my favorite dishes. There, I yeah. Vietnamese was one that I I did not have much growing up, and I'm just so happy how big the Vietnamese community is here in Houston. That I'm just like, this food is so good. Why why did I not have this before? Yeah, they have like these Saigon wings that I got there too. That were really really good as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's good food. Definitely. And you guys are making me hungry. Very cool. So, Victoria, what cooking advice would you give to someone like me, who's a blueberry guardian when it comes to cooking? (laughs) And I'm just starting to learn how to cook halfway decently. What advice would you give to someone like me? Start small. Don't be afraid to like pick up some things that are already kind of half pre done. So, if a recipe calls to use chicken and you're like, well, I don't want to cook the chicken kind of there get a rotisserie chicken use that as like the the starting point and then do the rest of the recipe try to follow find recipes that you know you will enjoy so things that you've had at restaurants look up some recipes there look in your cook in a cookbook say i like to put little like uh tabs on cookbooks to be like oh i want to try this i want to try this and try to just read it and follow them uh to the t if there's an ingredient you know you don't like, don't don't just remove it if you're you're not feeling comfortable. Or sometimes just ask ask out into the world of Twitter. Someone might respond and say, "Oh, you could replace it with this," or "Oh, you could do this instead of that because you don't like it." Um, but the big thing is be patient with the food. It I've seen my husband. My, my husband is a I'd say a an intermediate chef because he's learned over the years from my like cooking 
things that he should and shouldn't do. And a lot of it is confidence. It's just like getting confident. He'll go, oh, it takes me like so much longer to cut than it does for you. I'm like, well, I do more cooking. I have, I've practiced and I've constantly, my speed gets quicker and quicker over time. It's not a race. Take your time. Uh, make sure your knives are sharp. <laughs> don't, don't cut with a, a dull knife. You're more likely to cut yourself that way. Uh, and yeah, just keep practicing. Pick recipes you enjoy. Follow them. Make the changes to make it to something you would like. Um, ask friends what they would maybe suggest and just kind of take those baby steps. You don't need to buy every single piece of equipment. As long as you have a good knife and a cutting board and a, a pan and a baking sheet and a pot, you're good for the most part to go. Yeah, I think you mentioned something really interesting, and that's having knives that are not dull. Mm -hmm. And before I moved to this new apartment, I used some pretty crappy knives that made cooking almost impossible, I mm -hmm. would say. And since I got a pretty decent knife set, I think it cut down my prep time substantially. And I'm able to actually cook you know, a lot better with without making things very sloppy, like especially if you cut tomatoes, mm -hmm. you need to have a good knife. If you don't have a good knife, then it gets really mushy and just not ideal. I mean, the, the big danger with it being dull is you're going to have to put more pressure to like try and cut it. And if you had a finger there, that's just you're putting more pressure. You're going to cut yourself. You don't want to like make that mistake. Sharp knives are super important. If there's one thing that you want to splurge on in the kitchen, I say it's a knife. <laughs> it's really great advice. And I totally agree with that. Yeah, that's great. So, Victoria, what advice would you give on making spicy ramen that Cade 6 would be proud of? So the big advice, I would say, is definitely make sure you do the eggs the day before, at least. Um, they have to sit in the, the seasoning to really get that flavor. I think they have a shelf life of about three to five days in there. So getting them a day ahead is worth it. I like them at about day two, cause they've really absorbed it. Then they start getting really nice. Um, but prepping that ahead of time is going to save you the next day when you're working with the, the recipe. Now, my spicy ramen might not be as spicy as you like. Go ahead and add additional shichimi togarashi or the gochujang. Add those, add extra, add a little bit more just so it spices it up. That's great advice. Okay. And I think I'm going to challenge myself. In the next 30 days, I'm going to make a goal to make spicy ramen. And I'm going to use mm. your recipe to make yes. it. Yes. So. That's my goal. That's and awesome. I think the nice thing with this recipe is it is going to push you out of the usual comfort zone. I'd say if you don't do a lot of like international cooking, uh, it's definitely kind of has some influence from Korean cuisine and Japanese cuisine uh, with the gochujang in there, make it pulling from Korean, the kimchi pulling from Korea. And then obviously uh, ramen itself is Japanese focused. So you're probably going to have to go out to markets that you're usually not used to, but this is a good step for you to start getting used to extra ingredients that you usually wouldn't have in the house. And you might find out you love them. <laughs> Very cool. And Victoria, what is your favorite recipe from the Destiny cookbook? 
Okay, let me think. This is always a hard one. I will say between the three books, well, I'm not going to count the Street Fighter one too much because I don't have like a physical copy, so I haven't like bookmarked pieces. I have it all digitally. But from the Fallout and the Destiny one, I cook more from the Destiny one. I really like the recipes in this book, uh, but the one that I like to like spoil myself with is the duck poutine. <laughs> that's in there it's really good i mean it's uh potato wedges duck gravy cheese curds but it's perfect <laughs> it's delicious it's a lot of work but it's so worth it i'm gonna have to check that out okay very cool and i feel like i have so many things to experiment with when it comes to cooking because I started pretty much by getting boxes of HelloFresh, and mm -hmm. they give you pretty simple instructions and all of the ingredients. So now I'm starting to kind of get to a point where I had all the meals from there, and I mm -hmm. want to kind of branch out a little bit and, you know, try some different ingredients that they may not have with HelloFresh. Mm -hmm. So I've been going to the supermarket more and trying to find different ingredients that I can kind of experiment with and... Um, yeah, I think this will be really, really helpful after the whole craziness with Beyond Light. <laughs> after we're done playing, I'll hopefully get back to normalcy where I can start cooking a little bit more again because mm -hmm. I've been eating out more often than I care to admit right now. <laughs> but um, all for the greater good, of course. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I'm really excited about that. And I'm definitely going to have to check out some of your recipes and to... See what I can come up with. Oh, yeah, I'm, the book definitely does push you to expand your pantry, expand ingredients that you might not be used to. And it could be intimidating, but you'll find things that you really like, and then there'll be staples in your kitchen forever. Awesome. So, Victoria, on that note, what is next for you in your journey? Well, in my journey... Uh, Obviously, the Street Fighter book kind of sort of got announced. It's on Amazon right now. That comes out later, middle of next year. Uh, I'm technically done working on it. Uh, that's now Insight is putting it all together and finalizing that up. Um, but for now, I don't know if, what my next project will be. Uh, but I'll continue working on weekly recipes on my website. I'm actually starting to experiment with video work, trying to maybe take my recipes that are on the site right now and turn them into YouTube videos because everyone learns a little differently. And uh, the Twitch streaming has kind of helped with that because I'll do live cooking streams to kind of show people different methods. I'll follow recipes from my books, follow recipes from my website, just kind of giving extra tips so people can understand oh this is why i did this in this recipe let them ask questions as i'm doing that and yeah just kind of continue to grow my blog and put more recipes up very cool and now on the topic of your uh twitch stream do you have a specific schedule that you follow when you go live my schedule can be a little chaotic sometimes it really does depend on like my work week um i typically try to aim for Tuesday and Thursday evenings around 5 p.m., 4, 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Central Time. And those can go from anywhere to two to three hours. And that's usually, I usually try to do at least two cooking streams a week. 
Next week's going to be a little crazier. I'm going to do a few extra ones because it is Thanksgiving week. And since I'm not having people over, I'm just going to celebrate it on my Twitch channel and show people how to set up a Thanksgiving meal over three days because there's about three days of prep. <laughs> Two days that of prep before really the cool. first day. Yeah. Nice. That's awesome. Well, wow, Victoria, thank you so much for sharing your amazing journey with us and everything that you've done with your cooking and the books that you released. We're really excited to dive in not only more in the Destiny cookbook, but also the upcoming project that you're working on with the Street Fighter book that's mm -hmm. coming out. Now, do we have an official release date for that? I think the window is June sometime of next year. That's at least what the Amazon listing has said. <laughs> but things can change with everything, with the pandemic going on and all that fun stuff. Definitely understandable. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. And Guardians, we have some more things to talk about tonight. We have the Destiny 2 season of The Hunt is now live. It's happening right now as we speak. And we're going to dive into what's new in Season of the Hunt. Of course, we have a returning character from the past who took our beloved Cade Six, the Crow, <laughs> Prince Aldrin, and he is back in the new Season of the Hunt. We have the Rise of Hive Gods, and we have some interesting new activities that we're playing right now and new quest lines that we're going to be diving into. Um, we also have uh, a new activity with the Wrathborn Hunt public event activity. Now, I'm not sure what that is exactly. Shadow Price, you might know more than I do because maybe you've had a chance to play it. I know a little bit. I haven't completely dived in. Um, it's basically you get with uh, Crow and uh, he has these lures that you uh, have to basically uh, you, you craft your craft this lure that, that he gives you. And you got to get it from doing like strikes and, you know, crucible and gambit. And you set it, set the lure. And then that starts the hunt. And then you go to either uh, I think it's the dreaming city or a tangled shore um and uh do these hunts basically you like fight these bosses um and you could plug different uh mods into the into the lures and uh it's it it's an interesting take um and i i haven't had fully had a chance to dive into it yet because i'm still doing stuff in you know the beyond light the post campaign um, and there's, there's still a bunch of stuff. I'm trying to get my fragments and my aspects for my subclass, um, for the stasis subclass. Uh, so I haven't fully had a chance to dive in yet, but hopefully after probably won't do it until after the raid, I think until that first 24 hours and we'll have a chance to dive in to it. Cause just right now we're trying to grind for power. And, you know, get, you know, my stuff for my subclasses, the uh, fragments and the aspects. Um, but it's, it seems interesting, though, still, you know, the interesting story aspect, what they're doing with the crow and Osiris and the spider. 
Uh, so and, and you know, yeah. almost the description that you you describe this as it almost sounds like in Forsaken when we went and fought the Barons, right? Uh, so, some similar, yeah, because you go into the different, like, yeah, you go into Tangled Shore and Dreaming City, and you're go into these like platforms, these uh, this whatever the structure is, hive structure, and you're placing this lure down there, and it like summons the the monster, and so it's uh, it's kind of, it's it's kind of interesting. Okay, so we're not going to the lost sectors. We're we're going to like different locations around the planets, correct? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. And I would be curious what kind of rewards we get at the end of these activities. I hope there's something there. Yeah, there's some new weapons uh, and armor that you get um, from them. Uh, I'm not exactly sure exactly. You know, there there are a few new weapons but some of them are the weapons that you get in the season pass too like you get the grenade launcher the new grenade launcher from the season pass and you get the new scout rifle from the season pass and i think those are also in the loot pool and then there's a couple others uh i think there's like a a, there's definitely a submachine gun and i hear that submachine gun actually really good and um i can't remember the other weapons that are in there but there is a there's a small loot pool that's associated with it um so yeah yeah and we have a new exotic quest for hawk moon hawk moon is back now i'm curious is that quest live right now or is it no it's not it's not live yet no they they haven't i i imagine it's going to be tied into these this uh the crow like the season of the hunt somehow um it probably will unlock maybe if it doesn't unlock next week maybe the week after next you know so um i'm sure they they have it tied into the that story though yeah and i know that uh bungie put out a new page for season of the hunt and they have a little bit of a description i'd like to share on the story and they state the following entire planets have vanished in the chaos that follows zivu arath the hive god of war boldly moves to seize power. If left unchecked, she threatens a solar system already in turmoil. While investigating the growing threat, Osiris finds himself in need of help. Fortunately, a new and yet familiar ally known as the Crow joins you in the rescue. I thought this was really interesting because when we first heard about the crow or Prince Aldrin coming back into the game, I didn't imagine him being an ally. I, I imagined him being someone who we have to, you know, either fight or someone who at the very least we have some kind of hostility towards because I mean, he killed Cade six, right? So I, I find it really interesting to, to see that, uh, we're going to be fighting alongside with Cade Six, or with the Crow, excuse me. I'm really curious to see how that goes down. <laughs> Did you guys get a chance to do that intro mission I yet? Have, I have not yet, but I, I know the not moment yet. I saw his like face, I was like, this guy, why? <laughs> see, I, I don't want to talk too much because I have played the intro mission. Um, so I'm not going to speak, you know, uh, specific in any specifics or anything like that. 
Um, but uh, it, I like what they've done. I like I like the twist. I've always liked the twist of them bringing the Aldrin back because mm-hmm. I always thought he was a interesting character, you know. And he was used. He was mm-hmm. manipulated by R- Riven, you know. And like he he basically was, you know, he was he was manipulated. He you know was basically just corrupted, you know that that he. He became corrupted by by Riven and and Savathun and things like that, you know. And then he just became like a like a, kind of like a puppet, you know. He had you know he was just playing his part, and unfortunately, you know, it led to his demise. But then now he's back as a, as a guardian, you know. So it's like yes, there's going to be some inner turmoil there now. Now there's going to be some sort. Of, there's going to be there's going to be answers that need to be you know. He needs to answer for things, but the, you know everything isn't what it, is, it seems too. So, because there's the the plot line that's developing once you guys actually, you know, do that first mission and stuff. So, well, and also he does not remember anything. So I mean, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He was just approaching him about like, hey, why'd you kill Cade? He's gonna look at you like, well, what what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't right. know such thing. Um, and you know, it's interesting that you mentioned that he was possessed and manipulated because if you recall back in Forsaken many, many moons ago, when he appeared as a character, you could see like a glow in his eyes as if he was just possessed or controlled by some alternate power. So yeah, it was Riven. He was, he was, he was completely corrupted by Riven. Um, uh, the Amakara that we uh slew and uh forsaken <clears throat> so yeah it was uh it's just it's interesting i like it i really like the angle that they you know i really wanted his character to come back because i always thought he was a fascinating character even though we didn't like him in d1 either because he you know emo brother you know just kind of like he just had like some sort of i don't know he kind of seemed douchey i guess in a lot, in a lot of ways but mm-hmm. I just I, I thought it was interesting what they're doing with this character now. And it's almost like that when we, I, I talk about it, you know, all the time, that original story when, you know, they we see him in the Cosmodrome, that first bungee trailer from E3 in 2013. And he's, you know, he's called the crow there and look at him again. Now he's he's the crow. He's Brandon Lee. No, he's not Brandon Lee. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we do have some other stuff that is new in the new season of the hunt. We have the Fang of Zivu Arath seasonal artifact. And I haven't really had too much time to really dive into that. Is there anything that sticks out to you with this new artifact this season? Any abilities that are really cool in your opinion? Well, the good thing is, is you can... the. The abilities that you use for the uh, the champions, the mods, you can apply it to your armor, so you don't take up a weapon slot. It applies to your armor now, which is a good change, I feel like. So you can add that extra mod slot on your weapon without having to take it up for a champion mod. That's interesting. So you can customize more with the new season than how you were able to you have more flexibility a little bit yeah i, I wouldn't say it's like you know uh 
groundbreaking or anything, you know, but the, a few quality of life changes they've made with it. Um, I'd like to see them, if they do end up taking it further and allowing for more customization, I would like to see them go more even further into the customization and RPG elements of it. But, you know, it's, uh, it is an improvement, I get. I feel like. Definitely. And we have another thing that if you have the paid season pass, you can unlock an exotic shotgun called the Duality. Have you had a yeah. chance to play around with that weapon? Yeah, I've been using it because um, I'm trying to uh, finish, the, uh, unlock the catalyst so I can, you know, you have to do a bunch of objectives to get the uh, catalyst to unlock for it. Uh, so I've been um, I've been using it. I've had it equipped in strikes and crucible and gambit. You know, trying to uh, get its get the catalyst done for it. And it's a uh, it's a decent weapon. I wouldn't say it's top tier or anything like that, but I do like its reload anim animation. It like shows you putting in like six shells at a time, just like like a drum loader almost like which is pretty cool um so yeah i mean it's 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 decent it, it looks nice it um yeah it's not bad now i'm curious what do you think of the acquisition path to get this weapon you know where you pretty much have to level up your season pass would you rather that we had a dedicated quest line to get that weapon instead of the way that we are able to get it or Correct. dropped RNG through RNG, like how we've gotten exotics before, you know, just dropped out in the world randomly or at a boss, you know, fight a boss and then boom, out pops that definitely would have been more interesting. Yeah, I feel oh, I, agree. I, I would like them to do away with this, uh, get an exotic after, you know, um, the first uh, level of the season pass. If you, you know, paid for the season. You know, I get it. It's your freebie. You get a nice freebie. You know, it gets you enticed and you want to keep playing, you know, further. You know, I, I know why they do it, but I, I would like it to be more through, yeah, either a quest line or, you know, just drop out in the world, play the game and it get and it drops, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I feel like them putting in exotics into the season pass itself it almost devalues the exotic weapons. And especially during a time when we don't have a ton of new exotics, I think that putting any of them under the season pass, I mean, it's a missed opportunity because they can tell a story, they can make you go on this fun adventure, or perhaps even, you know, think about how Destiny 1 had their exotic quest lines that just kind of dropped randomly from turning in bounties and then you start the quest to actually get the weapon i think that, that was super grindy but i did like it, it. and it was, you know it, but <laughs> it made it feel like you know you earned it whereas now it's like well i bought this thing and it just dropped at season rank one it just feels yeah. like it, they can do a lot more in terms of storytelling yeah. and with a full legendary armor set too, you yeah. get the full legendary armor set and you get the uh, the exotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So give us less stuff in the season pass, Bungie, please. Or here's an idea: they can add special, really cool ornaments. For or how the about weapon. question marks? 
you know, don't tell us what we're getting. Put it at like level 50 or 60 or 70 or something of the season pass and put a question mark there so we don't know what it is. But you I don't know. know. We're, we're That's just a thought. Quickly because of <laughs> internet and Reddit yeah. and, you know, YouTube. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, you know, and that's part, you know, you'll, you'll get some people who will like that and other people that don't like it. You know, uh, people, casual players probably enjoy getting a exotic right at the, you know, right at rank one of the season pass, of the battle pass, so. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. I mean, I think for me, I kind of missed the system we had in the old days when, you know, you actually earned those exotics it made them feel special, a little bit more special. And now, like, exotics don't feel as... Um, doesn't feel like I earned it as much as it did before. I, f- and, I feel like if they made just a few tweaks, though, it would be right at the, you know, it would be right at the sweet spot because you do get exotics to drop out in the world. When you're playing the game and an exotic po- exotics do pop out of the boss some of the bosses like i all get a random exotic just like boom just like pop out of the box and like oh sweet got got a you know got another exotic and you know usually it's a light bump too you know when you get one so that's uh pretty good and you know we have one other thing to mention with the new season we have legendary lost sectors I have not played them yet because I've been pretty much focusing on leveling up my character. Have I've done one. I've done one. Legendary Lost Sectors? I have done one on my Hunter and Warlock, and they are tough. Let me tell you. I was they, just reading the requirements. Yeah, they, I haven't done them, but yeah, they, they spook me. <laughs> you have to solo it if you want to get the exotic. Yeah, I, that, I don't like doing things alone. <laughs> yeah, and I've done it. I did solo it, and it is sweaty. You have 15 minutes to do it. If you don't do it in 15 minutes, you're tough luck. You have to try again. So um, how does this exotic work in the legendary lost sector? Do you have to complete it in, other, in under 15 minutes to get to the beat the boss in under 15 minutes and nab the loot. Now, now, now just beating the boss is not, is not going to do it. You got to get, you got to raid the chest. You got to loot the chest. The problem is, is sometimes you don't have either the time or the, any ammo left to, kill the rest of the enemies after the boss because they're there so you literally have to make a mad dash for the chest while getting shot at like from all over and that's what i did twice when i beat it i literally beat the boss and then i just dashed as fast as i could for the chest and i was able to loot it both times and then i got obliterated right afterwards so but the one time i got the exotic it wasn't new it wasn't a new exotic, unfortunately. It was one from past season. Um, and the other t- the other time, a bunch of heavy ammo popped out of the chest. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what? <laughs> My consolation prize, I guess. A bunch of heavy ammo just pops out. You know, so you have to have a strategy. You have to have a loadout because they lock your loadout. So you have to have a loadout strategy in place. Um to, to get it done because there's champions in there. There's barrier champions, there's overload champions, and you have to have your loadout set perfectly because you have to be able to stun those champions. If you can't stun those champions, you're pretty much done. Um, the good thing is you get, you get three lives 
while you're in there. But you can get more lives as you each champion you beat, you can get an extra life. Um, they they add an extra life to you. So I thought that was kind of cool. Like I I know it was tough and it was difficult, but what when I got it done, I felt like, man, I just did something really hard and you know. It wasn't that great of a reward, but when you do get that new exotic, because I'm trying to get that back, back, what is it, Bacris, Bacris, it starts with a B, um, the helmet for the hunter that allows me to basically shift out of time, like that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get. Shift out of time. What does that mean? It's like, it's like basically. Uh, you're in one spot one minute and then you're not you're you're like you could show up on the other side of the enemy but it's different from blink because you don't jump in the air to do it you can actually shift on the ground so it's pretty much what all the cheaters do in the crucible when you're shooting them they're in one spot and then yeah it's almost like lag switching side of the room yeah (laughs) you can actually do it with this exotic yeah (laughs) so um yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get it because I want to play around with it because I miss Blink. I miss Blink. Like I miss my Blink and Hunter from D1. Um, I don't know why they only gave Blink back to Warlock. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I did it, and I'm going to try to do it again if they have one. Uh, I don't know if I'll do it tonight, but maybe tomorrow because I really want to get that helmet for the Hunter and and the other exotics for the other characters too. The new exotics. Now, what light level are the enemies at in the lost sectors? 1250. 1250. Oh, wow. What level yeah. were you when you did it? 1230? I think it was 1230. So I was right, right at the threshold. 1230 or 1229, I think. And it still was very hard. Very difficult. Um, because it's just the enemies can just one-shot you if you're not careful like the the champions they they will one shot you <laughs> and then there's a bunch of shanks in there like the one in the fall in the cosmodrome the exodus garden or whatever it's called exodus 2a i think it's called there's just tons of shanks in there there's uh servitors that will shoot you um there's the champion uh captains that will destroy you with one hit um and even the even the um the dregs the dregs can kill you in one hit too <laughs> so it's, now, it's, are, are there any loadouts that you recommend for successfully completing the legendary yes. sector? Yes, a fully masterworked uh, Izanagi's Burden with the Catalyst done uh, in your primary slot. Um, I would say a submachine gun, like the, uh, uh, what is that? The, uh, um, the, uh, the shock, uh, you know how the shotgun was from Warmind? The one do you like a lot? The Icolos, the Icolos uh, submachine gun with uh, make sure you have a mod of the, uh, I would say the barrier uh, on your armor, the anti-barrier mod. And for my heavy, what was I using? Oh, sword. I was using guillotine, fallen guillotine. You want to use your fallen guillotine because you can take it down the uh, servitors and you can also, once you stun that champion, you can take it down with the the fallen guillotine. Um, It does work on those guys. Um, and you want to make sure that you have, because unfortunately, you if you have Izanagi's Burden equipped, you can't put on a Overload Champion um, piece of gear. So, because the only other one is for Auto Rifle, I believe, and 
there was one other um but it unfortunately doesn't fit the loadout i think it was just auto rifle um and uh so you, there's a grenade there's an overload grenade that you have to you can use stasis subclass or your solar subclass and that overload grenade will stun the champion the overload champions and you got to rely on that grenade so you want to make sure you spec your discipline high enough too so you can get that grenade back in time so you're not waiting forever to get your grenade once you use it and i would say that's that was my loadout i use stasis i use the stasis loadout and i was had a lot of success and the only thing that i don't have would be the Izanagi's catalyst i don't think i got it in time so that's mm. the one thing that i'll be with a disadvantage when it comes to the new activity yeah because you do so much damage with that honed edge um when you put all four rounds into one uh you can wreck with that one those shot you know when you take that those shots yeah and you know we also have in addition to the new season of the hunt that just launched this past week we have the new raid that's coming out saturday and i'm yeah. curious will will either of you be playing the new raid whether it be this coming weekend or anytime in the near future I might I give it a shot. Uh, I've actually never rated in uh, Destiny. I'm a little, I'm spooked. I, so my husband, he played uh, Destiny 1 on our PS4, and I was able to watch that. And some of the raids I saw, I was like, oh, yeah, this is intense. Seems like uh, the group has to really, really work together. So I'm thinking maybe that it's finally time to maybe give something a shot for once just to see how it goes. Yeah. Where where are you playing Destiny 2 Beyond Light? On my PC. Okay. Well, maybe really? after we beat the raid, we might be able to take you through. Ooh. Learn the ropes. I mean, the first couple of times might be a little tough and it might take a while to mm-hmm. say the least. I imagine so. Everyone has to be working in in unison. Yeah, day one will be very difficult because of the contest modifier. The enemies are going to hit very hard in there. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to get my... Because disa- they disable the artifact for um, the raid. So you can't rely on its power or anything like that. Um, I don't know if you can rely on its abilities. You might be able to, I don't know if they said you can rely on its abilities or not. We'll have to see it in the TWAB. But I know they disable the power for it. Um so I think without the without the artifact, I think I'm at like 1226 right now. I'd like to get to 1230 without the artifact. That way I can be right at level, you know, because you can't do more damage over 1230 because of the contest modifier with it being in place. So essentially so. you want to be 1230 without the seasonal artifact. You want it. Yep. You want to be 1230 like to be right at level and to be able to do maximum amount of damage you want to be at 1230 now is there any benefit to being above that or no 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 okay no maybe maybe the first couple encounters there is but not at the end there isn't no 1230 it caps caps at 1230 because of the contest modifier okay well that makes sense cool 
and yeah i'm i'm excited i think my character um currently is 1240 for my highest level character now i do have a plus 11 artifact so i think i might have to bump my character up to 1241 to really get that maximum impact so that's going to be something i'll be working on between tonight and tomorrow before the new raid and i don't think we're getting any maintenance mode are we before the new raid kicks off uh they did i think they did some brief maintenance today if i'm not mistaken okay um so hopefully not hopefully uh they'll let people grind tonight and tomorrow and a little bit on Saturday before it actually is raid time. <laughs> yeah. And is there anything specific that you both are excited about with the new Deep Stone Crypt raid that we'll be playing very soon? Just the new raid, the environment, you know, the the mechanics, puzzles, the things that Bungie has surprises in there for us, I'm sure. There's, you know, how it's going to be tied in with the story all that i guess you know like the uh watching you know people go for it to try to get worlds first i guess yeah yeah and you know i think for me i'm kind of excited to see how they incorporate the darkness in the new raid because i mean clearly the darkness is a pretty large theme in this new season and this expansion so it's going to be interesting to see how this all comes together who are we fighting as the main raid boss what are the new mechanics that we're going to have to learn and the environment did you guys play the story in beyond light the campaign did you guys both beat it yes do you remember when do you remember when aramis said to one of her generals to prepare the body in the crypt. So she sent one mm. of her generals to the crypt. Yes. To prepare the body. Whatever that means. Mm. So there's mm-hmm. there's some definite, like, you know, there's some implications. There's some things that Bungie has surprises in there, I'm sure. Um, prepare the body, you know could be some sort of exo like super super exo like uh warrior we have to fight in there or something um because we they they've been really tight-lipped about this they have not said uh, really anything about what's going to be in the raid um leading up to it they had a raid race trailer but i don't think they showed anything from the raid they showed stuff from past raids when people were doing the raid races, like people from Redeem and uh, other people. <laughs> so Although they did show us like live locations from different parts of the world. I think that has something to do with the new raid. These are small hints. Right. I mean, there's breadcrumbs. Bungie has breadcrumbs out there. We've seen those spooky trailers with the exo like skull cracking kind of like thing. Um, there's, it's going to be exo based because we're going to the deep stone crypt, which is the birthplace of the exos. So there's going to be something to do with exos in there for sure. Mm-hmm. Like you, I can almost guarantee that. <laughs> I'm sure there's gonna be exos. I'm sure there's gonna be vex. There'll probably be vex in there. 
Um, and uh, yeah. Excited yeah, I'm, I'm really it. excited. I cannot wait for Saturday. In fact, yesterday I did some shopping. I went to the store and I got a bunch of snacks and I got plenty of drinks and water so I can stay hydrated and, and not really have to leave the house because I know, you know, when the new raid comes out, my poor dog, oh man, <laughs> he gets uh, somewhat neglected <laughs> during that time period. Um, but I, I try to get prepared as much as I can ahead of time for the new raid. And, and also, you know, take breaks because the doggy has to go out for a walk periodically. So we will be taking some breaks. Um, and I'm not expecting to get Worlds first. I don't think that's a realistic thing for me at this point. I'm not that good. However... I definitely hope to maybe get it done in the first 24 hours. I know it's going to be really challenging, but I have a good feeling about it. Yeah, I um I want to I want to think that way too, but I'm also thinking about Saturday is going to like I have so many chores I have to do around my house that day too, so <laughs> I got to figure out I got to balance my life around, you know, when I'm going to play this raid and stuff too. So that's that's the that's the difficult thing because I'm I'm up against the weather too. I mean the weather is you know it's not it's still not even going to be great that day, but if I don't, <laughs> I know and this is me problems. Just I, if I don't get outside and pressure wash the outside, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to do it and everything. So <laughs> kind of like up against that. <laughs> I have an idea. You got four kids, you know. I'm I'm just saying. I'm sure pressure washing the house can't be that difficult. And no, hey, I'm not going to make them do it. I, I want to try out my new pressure washer. Like I bought it for that reason. Cause you know, it's like getting a new toy and be able to try it out. You know, um, I, you know, and it's like, I don't think my kids are going to be here this weekend either. So I don't think it's, but um, you know, it's I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll think of something. Okay. Well, maybe we'll create some more incentives for you to actually, do the raid but uh we're going to talk about that in just a little bit but before we do we have some more stuff to talk about we have a new bungie weekly update or this week at bungie and shadow price what's new with the news from bungie this week uh well the season of the hunt is now live um bungie has released a new web lore out there for uh, people who want to dive into that to get a little bit of a backstory. And you can, um, it's uh, Immolent Part 1 and Immolent Part 2 is on the uh, the Bungie website. So at your leisure, everybody you know who is interested in that can jump in and check it out. Uh, the Wrathborn hunts have begun for uh, Season of the Hunt. And uh, they're going to say that the next stop in the season is the Deepstone Crypt Raid. And they also, after that, have activities for us. You know, they're not saying that's not all that we're getting in this season. We're also going to get the Dawning uh, pretty soon. Trials of Osiris is returning on the 27th, I believe. We're going to get a new Iron Banner coming back. And, um, and more. So, but this weekend is uh, they're going to turn their eyes to the world's first race, and that starts at Saturday, November 21st at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And 
the world's first winners were going to be are going to be announced two days later on Monday, November 23rd. So Bungie are going to go through and comb through all those teams that are vying to be world's first to verify who will be the, the victors. And uh, there's some reminders they want you to know for contest mode. Uh, contest mode will cap all players at 20 power below each encounter for 24 hours. The artifact power will be disabled during the contest mode. So the power from the artifact. I'm guessing the mods you can use, but the power will be disabled. Uh, your team's power cap goal is uh, 1230 for all encounters. And being above 1230, like I said earlier, will not provide any additional advantage in the final fight. So what do you guys think of that? Um, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> it's not yeah. going to be easy. I'm actually curious, if you're above 1230, will it give you an advantage before the last encounter? Because they kind of made it seem it like... Almost, it almost seems like it does, yeah. But where it all counts at the end, it's not going to give you an advantage from what sounds like. Because they said the contest mode will cap players 20 power below each encounter. It'll cap you. So, for example... Say the first encounter is uh, let's let's just let's just say for twelve thirty, for argument's sake. Um, if they say the contest mode is going to cap players at twenty power below, you're not going to be able twelve ten. You're not getting above twelve ten because they're capping you twenty below. Yeah. So even if you're like you know twelve forty five, it doesn't matter. It's not going to yeah. matter because whatever. 20 light yeah. below at every encounter so it's not really going to give you any advantage there right okay yep. you know i mean unless it's like 1250 if it's like 1250 then if you're at like you can only the highest you can be is like 1230 um which would that that's that's the cap for the raid is 1230 so i'm guessing it's going to be lower than that um, that's why my guess at 1210, I was thinking like maybe that first encounter would be like 1230, but they're capping you 20 below that, that power level. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't give anybody an advantage. It gives everybody an equal playing field, basically. That That's that's what this is for. It's 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 set up an equal playing field for everybody yeah, I mean, to I'm have okay a chance. I'm, I'm OK with, you know, everybody having a fair chance at getting the raid completed and nobody feels like they have an advantage or that you have any incentive to continue grinding beyond that 1230 power because i mean to me i, I you know in the past i think that there were unfair advantages before the contest mode was active in the game so i do think this creates more leveled playing field so i'm okay with that mm-hmm Absolutely. Uh, so they're making some tweaks to stasis. It was a bit too powerful. It came out of the gate really? swinging. No, <laughs> no, it's not too powerful, especially not in the crucible. Yeah. So hotfix 3.0.03 is incoming to prevent impact on the upcoming raid. Because apparently people were melting bosses out in the world uh, with stasis with no problem and Bungie had to get in and uh, do some immediate fixes on that subclass. Um, so they also go on to say that there will be loot 
and they're talking about the world's first uh, raid belt, the world's first uh, raid title, and that it's a belt, and it looks really cool, and you know whoever gets it is going to be very lucky because it looks awesome. You know, also, you know, just uh, you know, it'll show their achievement basically too. But that's not all. You can also get everybody can get this. If they complete the um, the raid within 24 hours, you get the day one raid emblem, which also looks pretty cool. And then you can also get yourself your hands on the jacket. Looks like a winter parka. Um, looks really, it looks interesting. And then there's a vest, I guess. Uh, now, is that vest, is that something, is that separate that's next to it? Or is that part of the, the, mm, the parka? part of the jacket. I think it. Oh, that's the inside of the parka. Yeah. Probably, yeah, right? Yeah. Probably. What do you it guys think of it? Patchable. Like, so you could just wear the vest and then not yeah. have the, the park apart. Yeah. What do you guys think of it? It looks warm. Um, yeah, it looks really warm, especially being in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I live in Houston. Something like that's not super useful. But if I was in a northern state, I'd definitely be. Uh, I'm in upstate like New it. York. Like, yeah, no, it's something like this would it look neat. And then you'd occasionally yeah. have a Destiny fan going. Nice parka. <laughs> See, I'm really <laughs> conflicted about this this jacket because I really want the raid jacket, but at the same time, I'm in Florida. Yeah. I'm never going to get a chance to really wear it unless I travel someplace cold, and I'm not really into cold weather. So, you know, I might travel back home to New York to see family, but, you know, that means I get to wear this jacket once or twice a year. <laughs> If yeah. even that, because I'm going to try to, you know, make an appearance during the summer, not necessarily during the winter season. So yeah. it's tough. What do you think, Shadow Price, about this jacket? I mean, it, it it looks comfy, but it's definitely not their best jacket, I feel like. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, personally. I mean, I think, like, what what was the one for Shadow Keep? I thought it looked awesome. Um for the garden of salvation uh raid um and i think the last wish one that looked really cool too didn't it um when they did that one but um i mean it's still i don't know if i would buy it though i don't know what do you guys think would you guys buy something like this i'm torn because like you know if i wasn't in florida i maybe would but because i'm in florida i know i'm never gonna wear it so i'm almost more inclined to get the other jacket that's out right now that pretty much anyone can buy it's the i don't know if it's called the vanguard jacket but uh it's available on the bungee store right now Mm -hmm. well that's might be one to look at then if you know and everybody can get that one that's pretty cool um but uh there's a few deadlines dates to uh they wanted to point out the deadline to claim the reward code for this jacket is december 31st 2020 at 9 a.m pacific time the deadline to purchase it is just three hours Oh, I'm sorry, not three hours, but at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time that same day. Um, So Hmm. if you do want that raid jacket, 
keep in mind those dates if you do end up completing in that uh, in the time frame. And you have till I believe it's December first, I think, to complete it, to complete the raid. December first, nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time, to get your jacket, and you have to the thirty first to purchase it. And by the way, the other jacket is called Guardian of the Last City. Cool. And I think it's a pretty cool jacket. It looks pretty sweet. So I may have to pick up this other jacket instead. Even though it would be really cool to have a raid jacket. Well, next uh, they talk about some new security measures that are coming to PC for free-to-play account access and high-stake activities. We're talking SMS verification. Um, so what is SMS verification? Uh, Bungie has basically implemented a quick account validation step for free-to-play players who want to access our high-stakes PvP modes in Destiny 2 on PC. Free-to-play accounts, PC only, will need to link and verify a cell phone number to their accounts via Bungie.net before being able to access those activities. And what activities are high stakes, you ask? Those activities that they describe are Trials of Osiris, Iron Banner, and competitive PvP playlists are examples. And as this feature rolls out, Bungie will be looking at how it can grow and potentially expand it to alternate activities in the future. And so why are they doing this? Well, Unscrupulous players can negatively impact everyone's gameplay experience and undermine the hard-earned achievements of others. Bungie takes the threat of cheating seriously, we will, and they will continue implementing systems to help verify that accounts engaged in Destiny 2 activities are honoring the code of conduct and terms of service. Okay, and uh, so they say, as players, what do you need to do? And they say, will go to say, if you are a free-to-play Destiny 2 PC player, you will receive a notice in-game the first time you try to access a protected activity. And then this will provide you with a Verify Now link to follow to Bungie.net and process your SMS linking. When you enter your cell phone number and request a verification code, you will receive a quick text message with Bungie code pound, 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 pound. Once you enter that code on the Bungie.net page, to complete your verification process, you can sign back into the game to get immediate access to the activity you want to play. Wow. I kind of like this, though, because what it's going to do is I think it's going to hopefully corral some of these cheaters because people aren't going to want to create new phone numbers like or get a new phone number every time. Like Bungie is going to have their phone number. They're going to have access to, you know, uh, yeah, to their to their phone number, you know, and then they can just like say send a text. Oh, we caught you doing this. You're banned, <laughs> you know, and they can ban that account that's tied to that phone number, you know. And it, you're, it, you're gonna get a phone call from the drifter. Yeah, <laughs> like, sorry, hot shot. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> Cabal on the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of like this. It's it's a step in the right direction. It's, you know, 
it's basically keeping you know these players accountable that are going to use methods to uh, circumvent the the game, you know, to try to find ways to cheat. Um, so I think this is a this is a good step in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm okay with 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 this. I have no intentions on cheating, and I play on one specific account, and I'm definitely not a free to play player. I mean, I've I always spend with too much money <laughs> with Bungie with every game release, so it doesn't really impact me directly. But in a sense, it does by not having to go up against so many cheaters, especially in the Crucible when you play trials and somebody just magically disappears from one area of the map to another, I mean, you know, it's, it's going to prevent some of that. So I'm happy to see Bungie being more proactive about these kind of things, because especially since the game came out on PC, when things were switched from Battle.net to Steam, I think we got quite a few additional problems with uh, cheating and, and those types of things. So um, I, I'm glad they're addressing it. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, so they go on to talk about uh, the Game to Give 2020 fundraising campaign. Um, Bungie's always been great with raising money for charity and doing some great charity work. And sounds like this time is no different. Um, so what is it? Uh, it's a charity event to support the Bungie Foundation and Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. The benefits... Uh, help sick kids across the country and you can host your event from december 1st to december 13th uh there's gonna be a 24-hour streamathon, and the donation incentives are a 25 dollars donation will earn you the 2019 miss blossoms emblem and gilded shell exotic ghost if you missed them last year this is your chance to get your hands on them and a 50 dollars donation will earn you the above items plus the new Lightkeeper's emblem. So this is all, this is good stuff. Bungie's done great stuff with charity, like I said, in uh, no time different, uh, no time, you know, uh, you know, basically it, it's nice when they're able to, to do these things uh, to help out the less fortunate yeah, and uh, I think the uh, proceeds, 100% of them go to the Children's Miracle Network to help sick kids. So yeah. it's a great cause. And, you know, if you're able to donate, you get something pretty cool as a reward. And Bungie has been very, very supportive of different important causes in the world. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy they're doing this. And now we get into the nitty gritty. Tune in the darkness. We're going to be talking about stasis and the things that Bungie has uh, deemed that are outside the lines of, uh, you know, fair <laughs> in the game right now. So the development team said that they've seen a lot of feedback on stasis since Beyond Light launched last week. And, you know, that's a lot of fun to use, but certain aspects of this new subclass can be frustrating to go against. Looking at you, Shadebinder Warlocks, and that they have a few minor tweaks, tweaks planned to go out in Hotfix 3.0.0.3 this week. 
Their goal here is to do some early tuning to rain shade binders back in while still maintaining their overall efficacy and power fantasy. Uh, so here's some of the stasis changes. Uh, here's the first change. The stasis breakout damage is reduced from 110 down to 90 HP. And that they have adjusted the curve that reduces breakout damage using resilience. Uh, increased damage reduction affects resilience has so that higher tiers of resilience are more valuable. And that caps out at 90 resilience. So that's the cap for it. Uh, the Penumble Blast, the Stasis Warlock melee projectile speed was reduced by 20%. The Penumble Blast, Stasis Warlock melee, range reduced was, it was 28 meters, now it's down to 16 meters. The Winter Wrath, Stasis Warlock super duration reduced from 30 seconds to 24 seconds. The Winter's Wrath Light Attack Stasis Warlock Super cost reduced 5% per burst down to 4.5% per burst. The Cold Snap Seeker speed reduced by 20 was uh, by 23%. Uh, and now this is against Guardians. Uh, this is the part that, you know, you people in the Crucible want to pay attention to. The Cold Snap Freeze duration lowered from 4.75 seconds to 1.35 seconds. The ice flare bolts freeze duration lowered from 4.75 seconds to 1.35 seconds. The penumbra blast stasis warlock melee, the freeze duration lowered from, you guessed it, 4.75 seconds to 1.35 seconds. And the winner's wrath heavy attack stasis warlock super no longer affects players who are not encased. These are great changes. Uh, and they needed to happen because being frozen for five seconds just like destroys balance. It destroys game balance in the crucible. It, you know, you literally can't do nothing while you're frozen. The enemy just has fair game at you while you're trying to break out of this thing. Um, now that you only can be frozen for 1.35 seconds, I think it's a lot more fair in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree with this because, I mean, especially in the Crucible, it was really frustrating where, like, you really couldn't do anything, you know? Nope. And at that point, it's like, oh, I got frozen. Um, Okay, I'm going to take a few seconds to just not do anything because it's like, I can't. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to die because either I'm going to have no health when I break out of this thing. I'm going to have no health when I break out of this thing. And so I'm going to, one shot's going to kill me. Just one little pellet from something you know so it's nice that they have to be on their game if they freeze you they literally have 1.35 seconds to try to you know you know and you have hopefully you have a chance to break out of it even sooner than that if your resilience is higher higher have to be tested um when the uh hot fix goes live so yeah, I think yeah i've been I, I play a warlock and i've been mostly doing pve I have felt way too powerful. So I'm not surprised by these changes and having played like PVP in general, it's never fun to be forced to stop. Like it just is not a good game mechanic in general. And then it's, it was five seconds almost. That's, that's an eternity. That's an eternity in a game that's moving so quick. And it is. I'll be honest in PVP guardians, a lot of times feel like a piece of paper. You're going to die quickly either way, but now you have to sit there and freeze and not move. No reaction. You're just, it, it's punishing. 
It is, you know, and that 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 was the most like, you know, debilitating thing, you know, thing like mm-hmm. just not be able to move because you rely on your movement, you rely mm-hmm. on your speed, you rely on your your your, your gunplay. You know, you can cover so much ground in five seconds. So being frozen for five seconds just it just threw the balance all out of whack, you know, and it just like it basically made doing that as a warlock using that subclass and using those, you know, that, that freeze method, that was the de facto method to winning in the crucible. Mm-hmm. Like everybody was using it. Like there, you saw f- full teams of warlocks, mm-hmm. uh, shade binder warlocks. And it's like, Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> so I'm glad that they're reining it in. Um, because, you know, I don't, I, I don't think that it should completely be disabled because, you know, uh, it's it's a power fantasy, you know. You still want to feel powerful, but we there's got to be some sort of balance, though. You know, there's got to be a system of checks and balances. So that's my yeah. Say well, I, I think you know. I agree. I think that this is a welcoming change, and I kind of expected it. You know, sooner rather than later. With so, the raid yeah. too, even you mm-hmm. know, because people were just one. You know, they were destroying bosses with casting their super, like, you know, raid bosses, like in, you know, the other raids, like the Last Wish and uh, Garden raids. So, uh, yeah, welcome change, I feel like. Uh, so, on the subject of loot, uh, the development team uh, has some words they want to say about how they're going to improve loot this season. Uh they said that as Beyond Light has launched, we've been tracking your feedback around loot, particularly weapons, and wanted to take a moment to let you know how we are processing it. Today, we're going to talk mostly about the short term with more information to follow in the future around long term as we work through those problems. Infusion caps are intended to help keep Destiny 2 evolving and ensuring that every release, the new rewards are exciting and relevant to the meta. However, they do agree with your feedback and that there's currently not enough variety in the world loot le- weapons available to players this season. And that to that end, we are adding back in a selection of weapons that will help alleviate this issue. They'll also be watching to see how the landscape changes with the addition of weapons from season 12 and this week's raid launch. And we also, they also agree that getting near cap weapons from random world drops is frustrating. Thus we are removing those from the pool and are weighting drops more heavily towards newer weapons. And that there's an adjustment to the World Loot Legendary Weapons pool you'll see with the November 24th hotfix. The first thing it's going to do is going to remove all legendary weapons that hit their infusion cap at the end of this season. Then they're going to add all of the seven Sereth weapons from Season 10 they're adding all of the season 11 seasonal and planetary reprisal weapons. And then the weight drop chances so that the newer than item is, the more likely it is to drop. They say that feedback never stops. And we're always excited to hear how you're feeling about destiny Two and keep it coming. And they're planning on um, evolving this uh, past beyond light. Um, yeah. They want to, they want to try it and see what happens. And that they're going to be watching the feedback as you know they go along because they're hoping to make changes to this to hopefully have a better uh, long-term strategy in place of how they're going to deliver us loot. 
So, I mean, this is bittersweet for me. Uh, this is almost like, okay, thank you for adding those weapons back, you know, from those past seasons. Problem is, is they're old weapons. You know, I, I want, I wanted new stuff, even more new stuff. I wanted more loot to chase, more new loot to chase. So that's the disappointing uh, part for me, is I wanted new, more new. And almost this is like going against their sunsetting mantra, in a way. Yeah, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the sunsetting, because I think that my biggest gripe with sunsetting was the concern about them not introducing enough new things into the game. And historically, I know that Bungie has not been able to produce enough new weapons in in a, quite a while. So, you know, seeing this being a real concern that there's really not enough new weapons, I think that it almost makes sunsetting kind of I wouldn't say unfair, but in a way it's unfair because essentially you're taking something away from me that I built out with the perfect role, with the perfect stats, and then I have to regrind again to get that same weapon back. And that to me does not make any sense because the reason why sunsetting was introduced was to make you not use the old meta and to play with something completely new. But if there's not enough new stuff in the game, it defeats the purpose of the sunsetting as, as a whole. And it kind of makes me against the idea of sunsetting more now that I'm hearing about these issues. And, you know, I, I tried to give Bungie a benefit of the doubt when it comes to the rewards and weapons, thinking, okay, you know, as we continue playing the new season, there's going to be a lot more new things to chase after, but it seems like that isn't necessarily the case. And while I'm happy that Bungie is starting to address these issues and they're being proactive about addressing the community's concern, I still think that, you know, it's not enough when you're, you're offering this new content, people are paying money for this new content. And not only that, but you're, in my opinion, not really respecting my time as a player by making things just sunset for me to have to chase the same items. I, I don't agree with that. And I really hope that Bungie is able to introduce a lot of new loot into the game in upcoming seasons to kind of course correct and, and make sunsetting a more easier, easier to digest thing in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I was for sunsetting, but now, like, now that they uh, basically w weren't able to do what I, you know, I thought they could do, but then realizing, like, when we saw trailers, we saw things, we didn't see tons of loot. And when they rolled stuff, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, what you were saying has kind of come to light here. Um, that they weren't able to create enough new loot. Um, you know, and I mean, we still haven't seen everything yet this season. Um, you know, there's, there's things we're going to get from the raid and 
you know, these Wrathborn hunts are going to change and, you know, who knows, like some other things could, but still it's going to not going to be enough. It's not going to be like, remember in destiny one, where we got all the vendors reset, you know, when we got a new DLC, like you could go to all the different vendors and they had new, new gear and there was new gear drops out in the world too. And the loophole. And I, I, I miss those times when we got that. Cause I feel like that loot was, you know, more plentiful than what we're getting now no yeah no i agree i agree and that was my biggest concern with sunsetting and it's a little sad to see that this is what is happening in the game because this was kind of my concern and worry when they talked about sunsetting becoming a real thing in the game yeah what are your thoughts victoria on this I missed a lot of a lot of seasons, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's uh, so. One thing I definitely did uh, after writing the book is I I took a pretty long break because of how deep I was into Destiny lore for a long while. Um, mm-hmm. I actually started playing again, I think in October. So for me, it's like, oh, there's a bunch of stuff I missed, so I kind of benefit from it. <laughs> but I am yeah. sad that some of my old weapons, because. Um, some of them I'm like, oh, I can't increase it anymore, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's cool. <laughs> I get to sit there. I definitely rolled stats for this, and now I, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, or you, yeah, you just it's not viable in any kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. end game style content or anything past like as you know, it's like they're stuck at the highest they can get to is ten sixty. Ten sixty, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh. yeah. And I pretty much deleted everything that was 1060 power with the exception of, you know, a few weapons like horrors least and, you know, some of the older raid weapons, but anything else I deleted because there's no point. And in a way, I don't have as much attachment to the weapons and the loot that I'm getting in the game because I know there will come a time when all of this is going to get deleted, you know, and it kind of sucks because, you know, I like chasing after something that can become a trophy weapon, right? And now the only way you really have that is with exotic weapons. And even then, you know, the idea of earning it has kind of been diminished in some way because you can just go into your season pass and you have exotics there, you know? So it's like, it doesn't feel as special as it did before. And I definitely will you know, take this into account when it comes to am I going to put in the time and effort to chase after a weapon that I know is going to be made obsolete at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's like, it's bittersweet, like I said, for me. Like, and I and I know I bring this up all the time. It's like, if you have to just... Pull- pull from the d1 loot pool just brings a lot mm. all those legendaries bring some of those blues and legendaries back so there were so many special weapons in d1 some of those legendaries were just iconic you know and yes we are going to probably get fate bringer and all those back with vog you know mm-hmm. and i am looking forward to that i'm looking forward to getting fate bringer again and vision and all those can um, i ask one thing where's grasp of malik 
I mean, we're, we're fighting. We're fighting no, Novita or Novidia. I don't even know how you say that name. <laughs> we're fighting Nvidia. We're fighting Nvidia. It's <laughs> a trying to get no, a graphics card. Novoda or something. Novoda. Okay. Yeah. You know, we're fighting Novoda, and there's no grasp of Malik. They have the strike back, but again, the weapon that was so so special. They did added. Not they added a the arbitrary shotgun. Um, basically. Uh, Xenoclast, I think it's called. And yeah, but don't you get Xenoclast from like any activity any in the, the game? Because I've been any getting of the, any of the strikes, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. I don't agree with this. I think we need strike specific loot like we had in the past. And I agree. Uh, where's Grasp of Malik? Come on, guys. I agree because I mean, there's a you. grenade launcher that drops in Gambit. That's specific, you know, to that. Like it's. it's you know, specific gambit. And then there's a, a pulse rifle that drops in the crucible. Like it's just one weapon. Like, and see, this is what I'm talking about. It, the game is still loot starved. I starved. I feel like, like they, unfortunately this was a very rough year and they, you know, they dumped their uh, development time into the world more than, you know, anything, obviously the world and the story. And unfortunately the loot, the loot suffered a little bit. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. The loot, the loot did suffer. I feel like. Yeah. Well, you know, on the bright side, we have plenty of games to play. You know, and I mean, we're gonna play through the content. We're going to enjoy it. But you know, at the same time, I wonder if Beyond Light will be an act, will be an expansion that we're gonna continue playing one month, two months from now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And maybe in a way that's okay because we're getting so many other games that deserve our time. But I do miss that time in Destiny when like there was always something new to do and chase after. And uh, Destiny 1 really, you know, feels very special and feels like we didn't quite know what we had in Destiny 1. You know, I mean, I think the expansions definitely felt a little bit more meaty, you know, with the Taken King, with Rise of Iron. And this feels a bit smaller, you know, and and I know we expected it, but, you know, it, it sucks in a way as well. That's what I feel like that's missing. The biggest part that's missing is, is you know, with those big expansions, with Taken King, we got so much new loot. You know, even with Rise of Iron, we got a lot of new loot, mm-hmm. you know? So that's the one part I feel like that's missing with this expansion. Otherwise I'm really enjoying it. I really enjoyed the story. I'm enjoying the post story because there's some cool stuff you do with the drifter, but I'm not the drifter, the exo stranger afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's yeah. the environment's gorgeous. Oh, the I, environment is absolutely oh my, gorgeous. I, I find myself stopping and just staring at it sometimes. It's yeah. so pretty. Yeah. And I really like the dynamic weather too. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it can be annoying getting blown all around by the wind. Yeah, when you're in a blizzard, <laughs> you know? you're in a blizzard. It's like, oh, I yeah. can't see anything. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, that's enjoyable for me mm-hmm. because it, it it really like you know it immerses you into the into the world into the gameplay, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like they've really they were able to nail that aspect, you know. But that the loot feel like the game is loot starved because there was one weapon to chase in the crucible there's one weapon to chase in gambit 
and won the chase and the strikes. They, you know, didn't add strike exclusive loot. They didn't add a grasp of Malik back, you know? Um, so hopefully they'll take this feedback. And when they add those two strikes from, you know, uh, D one back, uh, next season that they'll, uh, they'll remember, you know, what people are, you know, there, we want more loot, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we want a reason to go into these places more often. We, we, you know, this, and it's not a true, this isn't a true looter shooter. You know, it's not, you know, not the, we're not expecting the borderlands, like, you know, uh, loot explosions, yeah, like <laughs> that many guns, but we would like a little bit more meat on the bones. But, yeah, no, it, it's still a, a gun game. Like the guns yeah. are the iconic part of the game. <laughs> right. Exactly. You, yeah. you, I just you wish we had more guns, the... more weapons, you know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. the one thing that's kind of missing right now for me. And I mean, otherwise I really enjoy this expansion. I think there's quite a bit of post campaign activities for us to do. There's, there's, and there's a lot of end game. Those lost sectors are tough. Let me tell you that legendary lost sector solo is not easy. And not only is there a legendary one, there's a master one too. So I can't imagine the 1280 lost sector. Like that's, that's nuts. Yeah. Now my, my only thing is like, you know, if I'm going to go through such a difficult activity, you have to reward me accordingly. Will they? That's the big question. Their reward. It's a chance of the new exotics. Um, and I mean, that is a good enough incentive. Um, well, how many new exotics do we have to, to chase? Uh, I think two per class, the hunter, I think has got a, the hunter has got a helmet and something else. And, uh, yeah, each character I think has Mm -hmm. two, two, um, pieces of armor that you can get from there. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be a Destiny fan. Lots of new stuff to play. We have the new raid coming out, and hopefully the raid loot is really plentiful and exciting. Uh, So I'm pretty excited to see what rewards we get in the new raid between the armor and the weapons and hopefully exotics. And you got the Wrathborn hunts out there. Too, you got the you got the empire hunts and things you do with Variks too after the campaign. Um, there's a new activity. I don't know. Like I feel like they've teased it. I don't know when they're they're bringing it into the game, but it's like uh, it's a bunch of enemies like in like an arena like style thing. So like the prison um, of elders. Um, it's it might be like sort of like it but i think it it might be six man activity it had those red triangles remember those red those red diamonds that were in the garden of salvation raid mm-hmm. yep. where you had to like tether yourself to you know when you had to get the divinity for the divinity quest it had those in there and it was like and I, from what i'm understanding the things that people have said it i'm hearing it's called the exo stranger challenges so interesting it might open up after the raid possibly you know how like last year when they opened garden salvation like they also opened up the vex offensive like the same day yeah stuff so it might be something like that they could surprise us on saturday 
um, or they might not drop it till Sunday until after the 24 hours or they'll wait till the next reset or something. Well, so. we don't have too much more time to wait. We're going to find out soon enough. The raid kicks off this Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So we'll definitely be watching, we'll be playing, and we're excited for what's next. And Guardians, on that note, we have come to that time where we get to rate the Bungie Weekly Update, or This Week at Bungie, in the form of Spicy Tuna Roll. And Victoria, as our guest, do you want to kick things off? How would you rate This Week's Bungie Weekly Update in the form of Spicy Tuna between 1 and 5? Five being bomb, one being eh, not so good. I think I'm going to go with a four because those changes to the warlock, even though I play one, were necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could agree with that. I could definitely agree with that. Having played in the crucible against the the warlock shade binder, and. Yeah, I'm going to go half a point lower. I'm going to go three and a half because of this whole doubling back and having to add these weapons back that, you know, where, you know, they, they, they took out of the game and then realized that we don't have enough loot. You know, they, they agree with us. There's not enough loot and that the sun setting is not completely working as intended when they're just adding some of those weapons back anyways. Um, so it almost defeats the purpose a little bit. And yeah. like I said, it's a bittersweet. Um, but everything else is really cool. I like a lot of it. I like the stasis changes that they did. I think that is where necessary. Um, and, uh, you know, we got to look at some uh, the the raid stuff and, you know, the what we're going to be, how we're going to, uh, you know, get ready for that and the rewards and things like that. And there's also a whole nother section in here, a very long section of about the bugs that are in the game that they're working on. Like this, this expansion brought tons of bugs hmm. in with it um, that they are trying to work probably around the clock to smash, especially in time for the raid too. Um, so yeah. Um, so I say three and a half. Yeah, uh, I'm going to probably have to agree with Shadow Price. I think that, you know, the between the sunsetting and not having enough loot in the game to account for this change, I think that was a pretty big negative, especially with a game that's co completely based on loot and rewards and, and the weapons and drops that you get. So I think in a way, Bungie really dropped the ball on this expansion in that regard. Um, so I do have to take some points off of that. At the same time, I do think that Bungie is being pretty proactive about acknowledging these problems and, you know, at the very least wanting to fix them and, and, and trying. Um, I think that adjusting the new super abilities, that was a good move because it balances the game a bit more. And uh, I think... The emblem was really cool for the new raid. Although the parka jacket, you know, not everybody lives in a cold climate. So, you know, that makes the jacket a little bit less ideal for guardians like myself who are in Florida who 
wouldn't really get a chance to enjoy that jacket. Um, so yeah, so I'm gonna give it a 3.5 out of five spicy tuna rolls. And let's hope they have more in store. You know, like they said that this is short-term solutions and they're looking for a more long-term solution. Um, so keep the feedback coming, you know, voice your concerns, you know, voice them out there, be respectful, but voice your concerns to Bungie and, you know, they'll take a look at it and they'll, you know, they, they are listening. So. Yeah, no, well said. So, Guardians, on that note, we have come to that time. Victoria, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the show tonight. It was such a pleasure to get to know you and everything that you do in our community with your incredible books and uh, your blog and everything else that you've done in Destiny. So thank you so much for joining us tonight. And uh, before we let you go, I do want to share with our audience where we can learn more about you and what you do. Well, first, thank you for having me here. Uh, you can find all of my video game food recipes on the website pixelatedprovisions.com. It is updated weekly. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram with the handle uh, pixelatedvicka. Awesome. Very cool. And Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And you also hear on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night. Thank you so Very much. Cool. Very cool. And Guardians, you can find the Destiny Show podcast on every major podcasting platform. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google. And now we're also on Amazon Podcasts as well. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. You can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And you can find us right here on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, twitch.tv forward slash The Destiny Show. And Guardians, next week we have an amazing, amazing Twitch streamer on the show. He's going to bring the vibes, and that is Amaze. We're going to bring him on the show. We're going to learn much more about him and what he does in our community, and we're going to continue the conversation about all things Destiny 2 Beyond Light. So, Guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we hope you have an amazing evening, and we'll see you all next week. Good luck with the raid. Bye-bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.